Welcome to the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast, proudly brought to you by the Great Canadian Training and Consulting Company. I'm your host, Joel Silverstone. Today's episode, Leadership Lessons from the Circus and Beyond. All right, you might be asking yourself, hmm, what does the circus have to do with leadership and communication skills? Well, how about if that circus was called a little something like Cirque du Soleil? which at one time was one of the largest live entertainment shows. Now, here's some amazing numbers. It played to over 100 million spectators. Its staff compromised of over 50 nationalities and speaking 25 different languages. Now, that is a leadership and communication conversation. And who better to share this with us than Jay Guilford, who will be sharing his insights from when he created and ran Cirque du Soleil's leadership training program, to his experience now as the founder of CoWork's Leadership Strategist. And we're talking about how do we get leaders to feel more confident with their soft skills gap? And in comparison, how is this like an Olympic gymnast who has a fear of heights and all of a sudden becomes an aerialist at the circus? And speaking of aerialists, we're also talking about when the stakes are high, why direct communication is so important and feedback means that we're performing at another level. And what's missing from virtual communication? And stay tuned to listen as Jay shares what is Cool Mom Complex. And speaking of Jay, Jay is our guest. Jay Guilford once worked with a bunch of clowns, literally. A few years ago, Jay ran away with Cirque du Soleil. And that's where Jay created Cirque's leadership training program. And Jay has designed leadership sessions for top performing companies and is currently the founder and managing partner of CoWork's Leadership Strategist. Jay wants to Robin Hood the knowledge he has gained from Cirque du Soleil and from his work with leaders in Fortune 500 companies to help improve the way that managers lead and team members interact. And for more on Jay, please go to his website at www.jayguilfordspeaks.com. This is a compelling episode on leadership, soft skills, and the communication styles needed to build trust and collaboration in your organization. Let's go into the big top and meet Jay. Jay Guilford, it is great to have you on the show. How are you doing today? Joel, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well as well. I mean, you are in Las Vegas. It's sunny. You say it never rains there. It rains, I would say, about 20 days out of the year, but mostly it's sunshine and blue skies. I'm being tortured over here with sunshine (laughs) and blue skies. Well, whenever you want to take our minus ten over here from Toronto, just you just let us know. We got some to sh- we got some to to spare. I think I'm good. I think I'm good. But <laughs> <laughs> so I love this episode. We're really talking about something really interesting and unique here about lessons from the circus, leadership lessons from the circus and beyond. Uh, and when we speak about the circus, all of us, you know, our imagination goes into overdrive. Circus. What does this have to do with leadership? But let's narrow down the circus. Actually, we're talking about is Cirque du Soleil. Uh, and for our list, and you were very much involved with the leadership that went on there. Uh, so maybe for our listeners, can you uh, share with us maybe that one minute, what or who is Cirque du Soleil before we jump into those leadership lessons? Yeah, thanks, Joel. Yeah, I was at Cirque for over six years. I've moved on now, I'm four years out of the circus. Um, but Cirque du Soleil was, at the time I was there, the largest, one of the largest live entertainment companies in the world. It's a contemporary circus, so you can think of it as circus meets high art. Mm. We had eight shows in Vegas when I was there and over 11 touring shows that toured all around the world. So Cirque has played before over 100 million spectators 
on our teams, there were over 50 different nationalities represented, uh, 25 different languages spoken. So it's a huge global company. And I tell listeners, I do not work for Cirque anymore, so I don't right. commission. And I still will <laughs> say to you, if you're going to spend some entertainment dollars, you yeah. got to go see a show. It's, it's indescribable. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm one of those hundreds of millions of people that have gone to see it. I saw the the Beatles love show twice in Vegas. It was uh, spectacular. Absolutely. Um, so let's let's jump in now to the leadership lesson. So thank you for sharing who and what is Cirque du Soleil. Uh, so what have people learned from the circus? What leadership lessons have we learned from this? For me, as a leadership strategist, it was interesting to enter Cirque and seeing the clear lessons that were there. So things like collaboration, communication, and trust, and healthy risk-taking. What we did when I was there was we strapped executives into Cirque du Soleil apparatuses, and Mm. we flew them high across the Cirque du Soleil skies. So in that way, they got to experience trust and teamwork and healthy risk-taking in real time. Like... uh, some things that are maybe uh, seem like nice to haves for other organizations, or maybe we should do for other organizations, they are must for CERC. They're baked into CERC's DNA. For example, you can imagine that we take competitive gymnasts and transform mm-hmm. them into collaborative artists. A mm-hmm. gymnast, if you think about it, competes individually right. on all apparatuses. And then when they come to CERC, Sometimes they are they have to collaborate with someone they were competing against years ago. And whereas they're working individually as a gymnast, now they have to work on a team. So some of that stuff people learned about collaboration is just yeah. b- baked into Cirque's DNA. Yeah, never even thought of that, that you have a, a, a bunch of people that have worked on their craft for years as individuals and now coming together to be part of a team towards a common purpose, which is putting on the best darn show ever. Yeah, it's been interesting uh, as I thought about it. A lot of my friends would say, oh, well, circus cheating. You just take an uh, Olympic gymnast and you put them on stage. But if you think about it, an Olympic gymnast, for example, they don't perform aerially. Right. So there were a, a gymnast who were afraid of heights. So you have to teach them how to perform in the air. You have to teach them how to smile. You have to teach them how to emote. You have to teach them how to put on makeup and costumes. These are not things that gymnasts do. So there's a whole onboarding process. And I think the transferable lesson for organizations is that you have to onboard team members, find those skill gaps, and fill those skill gaps. For Cirque, it was a gymnast who didn't know how to dance. But for other organizations, it might be a leader who doesn't know how to give feedback or use a certain type of program or you know interact with clients. So the transferable skill is how do you onboard your team members? Yeah, which is something that you think would be so obvious, but um, but this is so important to give people that feeling of confidence by onboarding them versus just throwing them in and say, you know, figure it out. Yeah, I I say all the time that that happens with soft skills. Mm -hmm. So often now at CoWork's Leadership Strategist, my organization now, so often we're working with leaders who have been put in these positions that are emotionally charged, Mm. but they're not given the soft skills training. So they have a soft skills skill gap. It doesn't seem important, except that if your leaders fly off the handle when they're interacting with clients, then over the course of a year and a half, the clients are not going to renew. 
if they're doing that with their team members over the course of a year and a half, the team members are going to exit and go work for your competitors. Um, if they do that with other internal stakeholders, there's going to be a lack of collaboration, communication, or trust. So it is very important to onboard, especially leaders, yeah. to look for the soft skills, skills gaps, and to fill them. Because if you don't, they're going to erode away at the talent, at the clients, and at the bottom line. It's so timely that that soft skills and so many organizations and so many uh, people in learning are calling soft skills now essential skills because uh, yeah. it's something that we've lost a lot of uh, our abilities and it's something that's never really been part of the onboarding or part of the training process that you were you were made a manager because of your skills but you weren't made a manager because of your ability to inspire and build trust in in, in your people. Exactly. One example I use. And I can use it because it's in the public domain. I'm not gossiping. Okay. All right. I use Luck and Coffee. I don't. Do you know what happened at Luck and Joel? No. Well, here's a great example of okay. the way that soft skills can affect the bottom line. Luck and Coffee has been called the Starbucks of Asia. They have thousands of locations. Unfortunately, their executives, some of them, decided to lie about the profit in the tune of a couple of hundred million dollars. So the lying that these executives engaged in was not a technical skill gap. They knew enough to forge some documents to make it look correct. The lying was a soft skills gap. And that soft skills gap caused luck and stock to plummet. I think it lost over 70% of its value. Right. So you can see that if you have leaders in situations where they don't have a reverence for soft skills or being honest or trustworthy or collaborative, it can directly impact the bottom line. Yeah, absolutely. People always say, what's the return on investment in soft skills? And that's that's a great example right there uh, that people don't, that leaders don't have the confidence to be able to express a difficult situation. And instead they, they cover it up with, with a lie uh, to deal with that. Let's, th let's go back to the circus for a second. And uh, you had shared a story with me and I, and I think it was really interesting about communication. You, you mentioned that as one of the, one of the skills that came out of the circus and, and the importance of direct communication. Can you share with yeah. us about that? It's, yeah, it's one of the things that I learned in my leadership journey at Cirque du Soleil, and I'm using it now at CoWorks, is that leaders must communicate directly and give direct feedback. At Cirque, it's not an option. When you mm -hmm. have an aerialist who is 40 feet in the air and that aerialist needs to change something in order to perform correctly or to you know, get out of the harness or the apparatus, you have to be able to communicate clearly and directly. And you can imagine since Cirque is so global, oftentimes English might be that aerialist's third language. They are right. fluent, but it is their third language. And they're 40 feet high in a new yeah. theater, in an apparatus they're just learning. So the direct communication is important. The transferable skill is that in organizations with leaders, you need to communicate directly if you want your team members to perform at their highest levels. I'm going to say that one more time, Joel, because yeah. if you're a leader out there, listen to me. <laughs> if you want your team members to perform at their highest level, you must communicate and give them direct feedback, even if you feel comfortable with the things you have to say to them. That, you know, that is, that is so valuable. I think you, there's a lot in there that you're saying, you know, one is not only is that aerialist, for example, is a third language, but in the transferable skill towards business is that the stakes are high. 
literally this person is ten, 10 stories high the stakes are high so the emotions the adrenaline is going so if you're not speaking clearly uh then there's total miscommunication a possibility for miscommunication because uh the emotions are going the adrenaline is going so it's why it's important to be direct uh in how you're communicating and the other exactly. thing about direct feedback is i like this is um and i think you i don't know tell me what you think on this is that uh one of the traps of communication is that we expect people to read our minds. Don't they know what I meant? Didn't they, didn't they get it? Couldn't they assume what I was trying to say? Yeah, I've seen this. I have seen this most explicitly with upward feedback when employees need to give feedback to their managers. I'm often mediating conflict on both sides of the desk. So now at CoWorks, when I go into organizations, I'm usually working with the C-level or the VP, and I'm there to help them get the feedback from their team members. Oftentimes, I hear the employee say, at her level, she should know this. At her level, she should know this. Joel, should is an argument against reality. Mm -hmm. Whether she should or should not know it, she doesn't. And if you don't (laughs) tell her, she cannot change to be the leader you want her to be. So that direct, explicit, clear feedback, especially upwards, is important because otherwise your leaders make these terrible mistakes yeah. and um, they, they impact the business. I, I, there was a study, I, I, forgot, I forgot who it was done, but it was published in the Harvard Business Review. And there was a study of 1,300 employees and 80% of the employees said that their leader had a glaring error or fault. Everyone was talking about it. They right. were talking to each other, and no one was telling the leader. I mean, Malcolm Gladwell has written books about this, about the, the yes. fact that uh, there, there's sort of that hierarchy where, you, as you said, where we in managing up, where we might not share. You're the co-pilot. You might not share with the pilot that they're making an error, and that's a, a fatal, a fatal error in the end. And absolutely, when we're managing up. We're assuming the leader's reading the signals, but the leader's got their own issues at hand. And unless we're speaking directly, managing upwards or giving feedback, it's lost lost in communication, so to speak. Um, speaking of that, um, I think this leads us to something that, uh, that I like that you came up with, something called the cool mom complex. Is that correct? It's called Cool Mom Complex, and it's inspired by Amy Poehler's character on Mean Girls. Have you seen Mean Girls, Joel? I I saw it many years ago. So if you remember the character, Mrs. George, Amy Mm -hmm. um, Poehler's character, it's uh, a 40-ish mom. She has a teenage uh, daughter, and the daughter's really cool. And so when uh, the daughter and her friends come in, Amy says, oh, there are no rules in this house. You can do whatever you want because (laughs) I'm not a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. (laughs) I have seen so many new managers, especially fall into this cool mom complex. What we mean by cool mom complex is when you have this desire to be liked by your direct report Mm -hmm. more than the desire to do what's right and to do your job. So when you suffer cool mom complex, you let rules slide, you let them come in late, you let them uh, uh, talk sassily to each other and to you. And over the course of time, these small infractions grow to be large and they impact your relationship with the team members and they impact the business. So the cool mom boss wants to be cool more than they want to do their job. Again, it's it's miscommunication in in a lot of ways. Don't they know what I mean? Uh, But I like this cool mom. And and then uh, (laughs) 
I, I wish I could say, I, I, oh, now I have a name for why I want to be like that. I'm cool mom. But apparently, I don't know if that applies to me in this case. Uh, but Hopefully it doesn't. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't. You don't want this to apply to you, Joel. I know, I know. But that's... <laughs> It just uh, it sounds good. Okay, I'm cool, mom. Right. So there's 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 that slight positive tinge to it. But it's absolutely true is that you know, we all want to be liked. And if you're in a leadership role, that is a challenge to that. There's that balance of, of being liked, but there's also the challenge of, of being liked versus being respected, earning the yeah. trust uh, to be able to give the feedback. So how... Yeah. How do we help some a leader out there, a leader who's listening to this? How you know, and they're recognizing themselves as you heard that, as they heard that. Um, what can we suggest? What can you suggest to that that leader that's struggling with that cool mom complex that I, I want to be liked and I don't know how to make that transition to maybe being more respected or more trusted or being able to give more direct feedback, as you say. For a leader out there listening who's suffering from cool mom complex. One thing that you can do is to separate church from state. At work, during work hours, you're look at your job description. You're there to guide, mentor, nurture, nurture, give direct feedback, correct mistakes, praise accomplishments. Do those things. If you want to be liked, one way you can house that in the praise part of the feedback. Feedback mm -hmm. is uh, criticism and praise. So give the criticism when there's an error or things that need to be improved, but also give the praise when something's going right. right. When we say separate church from state, what we mean is during work hours, you do the work stuff, but right. then there's a birthday celebration. That's the time when you can play around with the, your team members a bit. There's a holiday celebration. That's the time. Maybe there's an after hours gathering or you're in the break room. Those are those soft moments where you can, where you can establish that rapport. I would say, though, and no job description for a leader does it ever say be friends with your employees. Right. Be friends with your colleagues or yeah. your senior leaders, not with your employees. Yeah. I, 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 and nowhere in the job description does it say give, make sure the, the feedback is sugarcoated. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that is a yeah. great description, Jay, that, um, you know, w when you're lost, just look at, at, what your role is, uh, what your responsibilities are to to the people and to the organization when you're lost. I have leaders think of it like this. When you don't do the parts of your job that are uncomfortable to you because you want to be liked or for any other reason, then you're kind of stealing from the organization. It would be the equivalent of you having paid for a meal, let's say hamburger, shake, and fries. Mm -hmm. And then someone brings your hamburger and shake. And then you say, where's the fries? And the person says, oh, well, you know, the cook doesn't like doing that part of his job. Right. So you just don't get fries. So you're just not, you're not giving the organization what they pay for. So what I would say is give the organization what they've paid for. It's mm -hmm. these set of duties what you will find is that when you do your job well as a leader, you are respected. And then when you are respected, people like you. Yeah. It's a long-term gain. It's not the low-hanging fruit of those brownie points for you know letting people come in late. Right. Over the long term, the respect makes you, you get liked for the respect. 
Well, people want to work for you if they're respected. They, they you're yeah. giving them a sense of purpose when when there's respect there versus you know versus a high five because someone arrived yeah. late and, and they were not feeling well or whatever and they arrive late and go no problem high five yeah. <laughs> very that nice. is a problem yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sorry you're not feeling well um, that yes happy you told me in the future here's the process because we have A B and C or D down the pipeline right. You know what? You brought up a good point too about we always think about direct feedback being uh, that it has to be constructive or or critique, uh, but you also mentioned praise being an important part of that as well. Uh, and I think I'm going to guess that the cool mom complex means that the praise is uh, not not even it's uh, it's not as fulfilling either. It's, it's it's kind of empty praise versus giving like very specific praise. Yeah, I, and and this new. Um war for talent and mm-hmm. the great resignation Pr- feedback both criticism and praise is really important i would say praise that type of feedback has become more important in the virtual world you're losing 80 percent of the information about how people are responding because you don't get the body language right so the praise is really important because your team members don't know how you feel about their work so you need to be explicit by saying it with words and in email or in writing or on Slack. And I would also say you want to send some type of token to them because Mm. you don't have the physical proximity where they can notice that you appreciate something they've done. Right. Yeah, body language says so much. And and not all of us have a good tone of voice. So we might say, hey, Jay, that was really good when you did that uh, thing with the client and you said this. And so we may not have that great tone of voice. We mean it sincerely, but our tone of voice is not quite there. Yes. And Zoom eats away at the energy. So yeah. first of all, it eats away 30% studies shown that you sound 30% less enthusiastic than you think you do. Mm. But secondly, if it's your fourth meeting of the day, even though you mean it, you may right. not say it with enthusiasm. <laughs> so That is a great decision. Can I borrow that from you? You can. All right. Thank you. Um, So let's do this. We're going to take a pause here for our ad. And then we come back. Jay, this has been been really phenomenal. Uh, When we come back, we're going to talk about your failure. Ta-da. So I'll give you a few, give you a minute to think about it. We'll be right back. All right. Hi, I'm Joy Newhold, and we'll be right back to our interview. When I started the Great Canadian Training and Consulting Company in 2002, I never would have imagined that one day we would have a podcast. So first, I want to thank you for listening and share some really exciting information about our organization with you. For years, we have made our live instructor-led software and soft skills training, consulting and coaching services customizable to meet the unique needs of each client and committed ourselves to a high quality of customer service. This combined to make the learning experience better for the participants and the planning process easier for the organizer. We love helping our clients so much We also develop many additional free resources to help you along the way, and this podcast is just one of them. At greatcanadiantraining.ca, you will find our free monthly webinars, blog articles, and free downloads covering everything from building better dashboards in Excel to navigating difficult conversations and everything in between. So make sure to join us at greatcanadiantraining.ca. But for now, I better let you get back to the podcast. Please enjoy the rest of the interview. We're back with Jay Guilford, and we are talking about the leadership lessons from the circus and beyond. Jay, this has been really very informative, very insightful about 
cool mom complex, the leadership lessons, giving direct feedback, uh, trust, what we what you've learned from the circus. And now this leads us up to what we like to call in our segment our failure Ta-da! moment. So this is boring from the world. You know, speaking of the circus, we're boring from the world of improvisation here. Uh, and so failure tada is where you share what might have seemed like a failure at the time, but was really a learning lesson. So from, from tada to aha. So do you have one that you feel comfortable sharing with us? I have 14, but I have one <laughs> at top of mind. All right, um, very good. <laughs> my failure to die was failing to be prepared for one of my first production meetings at Cirque du Soleil. And I'll describe this to you so you can understand the stakes. Okay. So I walk into a theater, they're mammoth, and I'm going through the bowels of the theater to find this room where I'm meeting with the heads of department. It's 8.45 at night. The show is on full blast. So you feel those 5,000 speakers pounding all over the theater. I walk into the room. There's a huge oval table populated by heads of the department. These people had worked with Britney Spears and Michael Jackson, and they'd done production for the Olympic Games. And I come in with my flimsy one-page agenda, and I start to go through the items. And then they start to ask me questions that I cannot answer. And then a part of me, so they're not only answering questions, the, the... Artists are on the stage performing and they're on their walkies handling those calls while they're doing other things and asking me questions that I don't have the answer to. So I'm clearly unprepared. They know I'm unprepared. And I walked out feeling defeated. Mm. And I've seen leaders do this or people do this before when they enter a meeting unprepared and people ask them questions. They think, oh, those people are trying to poke holes. They can't poke a hole in something that's very solid. My agenda wasn't very solid or my knowledge of it. And then to make matters worse, but I guess better later, but to make it worse, one team member pulled me aside and said, Jay, you looked really scattered. Never, ever can you come to any production meeting at Cirque du Soleil unprepared. Ouch, ouch, ouch. Yeah, so that was the (laughs) failure. It was, it was really 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 horrific i fell flat on my face well obviously you you managed to do something because you managed to to stretch it out for quite a few years <laughs> and quite a career from there and, and a lot of lessons from there but as you were telling the story i could feel the high stakes uh, i was i realized i wasn't breathing as you were telling that story so i think <laughs> as all the listeners we we could feel the amount of pressure uh it feels like an olympic moment uh yeah with people who were at the olympics yeah and won yeah yeah, so they're yeah. they're used they're used to that again. Talking about high stakes, they're used to that high level high stakes. So yeah, being prepared has uh, it's a tough lesson, but it really obviously stuck with you about the importance of that. Exactly, Jay. Thank you so much for sharing sharing that failure tada moment. Oh, I forgot to say at the end you could say tada if you want to end that story. <laughs> well, I remember one specific moment. They asked me a question. Yeah. They asked, how long will it take this group of 40 to walk from the bus to the lobby in exact minutes? I didn't have the answer. But ta-da, at every mm-hmm. meeting that I came to afterwards, I had that number and I walked it myself and I had every specific number. It takes 42.3 this, 27.8 that we're going to need 87 of this. It's going to take them 70. I had all the numbers. So, I mean, ta-da, I'm very well prepared now. <laughs> ta-da! <laughs> ta-da! <laughs> nice. 
Jay, thank you so much for being a guest on the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast. Uh, our listeners probably have lots of questions and want to find out more about, about you. Where can our listeners get in touch with you or find you? They can email me at contact at coworkslead.com. The word contact, C-O-N-T-A-C-T, you know how to spell it, at coworkslead, C-O-W-O-R-K-S-L-E-A-D dot com. Or they can also visit our website, www.coworkslead.com. Excellent. Jay, thank you so much again for being a guest. And uh, I, I don't know, is there, a, is there a, a salutation at the end of the circus? Do we, is there something that they say, bravo, or what do we say at the end? Well, at Coworks, we have a we have a ending. Okay. We say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye. It's really ingenious, right? It's really ingenious. Who, who thought right. of that? All right, goodbye. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. And now it's time for our three stars, no trois étoiles. These are the three takeaways from today's episode that you can start to put into practice. Number three, giving genuine recognition, praise is even harder to do in the virtual world. You're losing 80% of your communication because of the body language and tone of voice is missing. Plus that virtual Zoom or Teams is eating up 30% of your energy. So you are sounding 30% less enthusiastic than you think you are. And when giving genuine recognition, remember to add the because. As an example, you did this well because. Number two, cool mom complex. Are you a friend or are you a leader? We all want to be liked. As a leader, even better to be respected and earn that trust. So look at your description. Look at the role that it is as a leader. And remember, when is it the right time to be a friend? When is it the right time to be a leader? Our number one star is direct communication. Be clear and be direct. The example today was the aerialist and the floor manager. They don't have the time to be vague or with assumptions. The adrenaline is going and uh, they may not be speaking the same language. So it is important when we are communicating or giving feedback, just like we are speaking from the floor manager to aerialist, important to be clear and direct. What are the expectations? What is it we are trying to say? And now it's time for the next step. If you're not sure where you can apply these three stars in business or maybe even in life, try this in the next few days. The stakes are high. Be prepared. Where is there an opportunity to be even more prepared for that meeting you're about to have, that communication you want to give, and treat it as we learned today from the Cirque du Soleil's examples, that the stakes are high, that there is an audience there and they are expecting full value from what you are going to deliver. Enjoy. Thank you for joining us in our search for what makes a great communicator. If you enjoyed the show, then please leave a rating or review. Even better, subscribe to the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast and make sure you don't miss another episode. Let's stay connected. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram at GCT underscore CompuEase. And if you'd like more information, free resources or class schedules on everything from software to soft skills training, consulting or coaching, then go on over to greatcanadiantraining.ca. Thank you and we will see you next episode. Music